Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Uh, we're back. You know, Ahsoka's been off air. We've been taking a little bit of a break. William and I have both been buried in work. Um, Tom, I'm guessing you've been buried in work, too. But I just, William and I yeah, work I in the same place, so it, yeah. it helps. <laughs> uh, hey, it keeps your mind off of things, but to be buried in work, trust me. That's very, very true. Yes. But, uh, you know, the the helpful part is since we haven't talked in a little bit, we got a bunch of news that's kind of accumulated and so on uh, this episode, we're just going to run through some of the big news of late, uh, and in particular, talk about Dave Filoni's ascension. Yeah, it's I, I, that's really the big news story, and I think it's worth it's worth podcasting about, you know, because it's mm-hmm. it's a big it's a big deal. It is a big deal, and uh, it's exciting, you know, Dave Filoni. For those of you who have not read the piece, and you should go read it over at Vanity Fair. Um, our, uh, our, our, our good friend, Anthony Bresnikin, uh, writing over there. Um, he, he reveals for the first time, and this came out right before Thanksgiving. So it's, you know, what, two weeks old, but we were all, um, you know, we're, we're based in the U S here and we were enjoying Thanksgiving and travel and whatnot. Uh, but now that we're back, right. Uh, we wanted to discuss Dave Filoni's promotion, to chief creative officer of Lucasfilm. This is huge news. And I am so, so excited for Dave Filoni. What, what, what are you guys' initial thoughts after hearing this? Go first, I mean, Steven. It, it feels pretty perfect to me. Um, like, we'll, we'll go into some of the, the more details in a moment, but broadly... I think Filoni has shown that more than just what I think, yeah, more than anyone besides George Lucas, he understands what makes good Star Wars. Um, that's not to say he's the best director. It's not to say he's the best writer, but I think he is the best creative for Star Wars. And so I you know we'll talk through a little bit more what, what this may mean, but I, this gives me hope. It, mm-hmm. I, I hope it means what we, what we think it means. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I I completely agree. I want to say that it was about time. I think that um, when it comes to cohesion of story, I think that's what this Star Wars has needed. And I think when it came to the actual sequels, it shows that the cohesion of the story really was not there as like the prequels and the original trilogy. Um, and I think it's Filoni that's going to be able to do that. It will be a great ride to watch. It's going to be fun to see the directors that get pulled in and just to see if how much there's going to be pull from the now old universe because he's done it before. He's pulled in stuff from the, you know, we're not talking about any more stuff. He's brought that stuff in. It'll see it'll be interesting to see how much he can start pulling in from that and make it work within the environment that we have today. I think this was a great move. Yeah, it's it's worth diving into some of the details a bit more. So 
Um, Dave Flanagan, there's a really interesting quote in the piece. He says, in the past, a lot of projects I'd be brought into, I would see it after it had already developed in, uh, you know, a good ways, uh, end quote. And, and, and I think that's pretty typical, right? Dave Filoni, he's, he was hand-trained by George Lucas and he has done such a phenomenal job in animation and now in live action as well. Uh, but you know, that's restarted right in animation. And I think in the early days of Disney purchasing Lucasfilm there, I think maybe he was looked at as more of the animation guy than anything else. Mm-hmm. And, yep wasn't given enough credit and and in the intervening years right he's learned a lot he's worked with john favreau and other directors and and learned more about how you make live action as well as animation and so this is really a huge vote of confidence that they want dave to be overseeing the direction of star wars and i think that's something that they've they've kind of lacked in the last well since Disney purchased Lucasfilm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 years or so. It's something they're, it's something they've missed. And and now he's, Kathleen Kennedy is still going to be running Lucasfilm. She's still in charge. Uh, but then you've got Carrie Beck, who will be, um, uh, she her job really is to uh, lead development, right? She goes out and she recruits directors and she finds the the talent to go uh, direct the films. And then Dave Filoni is in charge of the story. So like Kathleen Kennedy's operations, Carrie Beck is finding the directors and Filoni is what story are we going to tell? And I think that is the perfect organization. Steven. I was going to say the thing that I think is telling the main, you mentioned kind of early days of the Disney acquisition. Uh, In some ways, this is very reminiscent to me of the story group that was put together that I think Pablo Hidalgo, I think, ran or was part of. He, he was a member. Uh, he, yeah, I think a lot of people think it, he, yeah, he doesn't run it. There's a lot of people on the story group, but yes. But I, yeah. I, and the biggest thing is I, like, um, personal opinion, you know, take or leave. Uh, I, I would say that the story group has failed to accomplish its objectives in the first, whatever, 10, 15 years that it's now been since Disney acquired Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I suspect it's because their job has primarily been a director comes in, you know, they produce the writers come in, we put a story together, and only after that's been done does this the the story group come in mm-hmm. and like try and fit pieces together. And that's just never gonna be a recipe for success. Mm-hmm. Um having Filoni there at the concept level before it sounds like the story has been written and finalized gives me hope that we are going to I, I don't want I I hesitate to use like Marvel as an example, but like for better or worse, I think Marvel's done an amazing job of trying to sequence and put all their stories into a single storyline. And there is plenty of debate about whether that's been successful and whether it continues to be successful. But I don't think coordination is their issue at this point. It's more uh, too much content. Mm-hmm. Um, you could argue Star Wars maybe has that too, but I think it's a little bit harder because we haven't had a movie in forever. But uh, I, 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 go ahead. I, this gives me hope. Mm-hmm. Like it, if this means we're going to have a coherent Star Wars story that tells, you know, like, sorry, even in the most basic sense, the Star Wars trilogy didn't have a coherent story. The sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was written and rewritten and like constantly throughout each different film. And it shows mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that would happen now if if Dave is doing what it sounds like he's doing. So in my mind, that is the biggest one is that it means, I hope, coherent Star Wars stories intended to work together from the beginning, working towards a goal, 
and developed by Dave Filoni, who has an amazing understanding of what makes Star Wars tick. Mm -hmm. And my biggest thing when it comes out of the story group is they try and avoid the the Marvel thing. I think Marvel at this point is too oversaturated. They try and throw throughout too many movies along with some TV shows. And I think right now what's kind of working with Star Wars is there's not many shows, but there is a con coherent story between the shows. And just let's just pop out like a movie every few years because movies for Star Wars have always been event films, not to where it's like, oh, we've got another one coming out. Oh, we've got another one coming out. Oh, there's another one coming out. No, you, you bring everybody in to get excited about the movie. So if you want to do like, let's say a couple shows on Disney Plus, and let's say let's have a couple shows run like two or three or something, and then have it tie into a movie or have a movie not even tie in at all. I, I'd like to see that come out of the story group. And I hope that that's kind of the plan Dave has. But still, there's there's the Star Wars aspect that he's bringing to it because he's been taught by George Lucas how to tell a Star Wars story. And I think right now, as Stephen, you said, the sequel trilogy, that's the one thing it lacked. Yeah, there was not the there was not the consistency through it. It was constantly being rewritten. I, I do want to be a little careful, like, because um, I, I know there's a, a, a huge inclination to, like, ascribe uh, mystical powers to, like, George Lucas and Filoni. Right. Well, um, and I, I don't know that's an entirely fair, but what I, the thing for me, like, the, the, the proof is in the pudding, to use a, a weird old analogy. Tom, you know what that means. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have like, a lot of pudding since I am old with no teeth. <laughs> I just now you talk. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you sound pretty good for not having like, <laughs> yeah, Ahsoka, Rebels. I don't think any of those are perfect shows by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. Um, like what you know, when we talked through Ahsoka and walked through the season, there are a number of flaws in individually and mm -hmm. story as a whole, but it captures a um, I'm gonna use the word, it captures a fantasy that. Right. Star Wars has lacked in many cases. Um, like, uh, compare Book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka, and I think it's very, very clear. And to be clear, Book of Boba Fett had Dave Filoni involved as well. Yep, right. So that's, again, it's not a... Filoni is not a foolproof, uh, like, guarantee that quality will be amazing. But it's definitely it, a step in the right direction. It is a step in the right direction, but you mentioned flaws. If anybody has seen Fanboys... There is a talking about you accept it. And I don't know the line word for word, but they're talking about you accept it for everything, the flaws and all. OK, yep. and and we know when it comes to Dave Filoni, he has great storytelling, but he does have that thing to where there's there's pauses and there's like that Filoni break to let the story breathe. And and we accept that it it's not so much a flaw but it's part of the storytelling of Star Wars. And I think that's gonna be the best thing about it because he understands flaws and all that this this is how Star Wars is done. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I think I'm, ex I'm excited about this for two reasons. One, just as we talked about, Dave Filoni, he knows Star Wars and he can put his, his touch on it. And two, just having someone who can guide the franchise a little bit more right um whereas i think kathleen kennedy is very busy running lucasfilm and 
and there was a there was definitely a trend right and for most of the star wars disney's tenure with star wars that you know there's a trend toward allowing directors freedom to make the kind of movie they want to make and there are pros and cons to that approach right there the nice thing is you get a lot of variety and you get movies that are maybe more true to individual director maybe you might feel more fresh at times but it could also run the risk of not feeling like Star Wars or having projects go rogue. And I think, um, you know, of course, if you if you hold, you know, tighten your grip too tightly, right? As we've seen with even with Marvel, right? A lot of times people don't they all, they tend to feel all the same, or people don't want to work on them because you don't have as much creative control. Not saying one approach is necessarily better than the other, but I think it often felt like there was it was too hands off and not as much of a plan. And I think having mm-hmm. someone in control, really anyone, right. But, but whereas the story group was there in an advisory capacity, Hey, we've got some ideas. Here's how we can connect this thing together. If you want help, but like director, you're still kind of in charge. Ultimately the story direct group never, ever told people what to do. Like, let's be honest. They never did. That was they, not their, they were empowered to exactly. They right. weren't, um, with Dave Lundy being the chief creative officer, I think he is empowered to have, a little bit more control. Now, I think we'll see, right, uh, over the next few years, in reality, how much control does Dave Filoni have? Is it his, what he says goes and overrides the director? Or do the directors have some degree of control? I think that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But regardless, having someone who knows Star Wars plotting the direction of Star Wars going forward, that's... enormous i think that that alone is 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 huge and a great great sign for the future of star wars yeah absolutely yeah absolutely so what else did we find out in this really fantastic article yeah i mean i I do recommend everyone reads it because it gives you more i think this is really the first interview they've done since the uh the writers and actors strikes concluded and so everyone could actually reflect on Ahsoka and everything we saw there. So there's interviews with, um, uh, you know, all sorts of folks on the the cast and crew from Rosario Dawson to Natasha Lou Bordizio to Hayden Christensen, right there. They're kind of reflecting on Dave, uh, Darth Vader and uh, reflecting on and, and Anakin appearing in Ahsoka and all of the really cool moments we had in, in that, that series. Um, couple interesting tidbits though first being and i know we've we've wondered this right but this is actually the first time we've seen it confirmed uh ahsoka season two has not been greenlit it is not even internally at lucasfilm like we obviously haven't seen an external announcement but even internally at lucasfilm it's not a done deal um the it's dave filoni is already working on um you know, he's already working on a, an outline for season two, according to Rosario Dawson. So that's that's great. And actually, she's quoted as saying, you know, she thinks it's inevitable, right? Because at Celebration, like, oh, we're giving Dave a movie. And then she says she kind of felt like that means they're going to get a second season. Um, and, you know, they couldn't say anything with the strikes. But he, Dave Filoni is working on an outline. But still, I'm, I'm kind of surprised they haven't officially greenlit it. And that means it might be three years off or more. Who knows? Mm. Thoughts? It it doesn't really surprise me 
um, given that I have to imagine the the strike, like both writers and actors kind of threw every a wrench in everything. Um, not just in terms of like getting something greenlit, but also mm-hmm. like just not even knowing what your production schedule is going to be. Like it takes time. It takes a bunch of people. Like I'm, I'm not in the least bit surprised that it's like, I think we're going to feel the impacts of like a six plus month strike for, you know, mm-hmm. probably a couple of years as everything gets sorted back out. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think it is the Hollywood strike the actors and the writers that kind of threw everything into the kerfuffle that it is. Um, we'll see. I mean, I would think by time celebration rolls around celebration, Japan rolls around, we'll have some kind of answers because they're going to have to announce something there other than just, Hey, we're getting a bunch of star Wars fans together. So the hope is that, you know, maybe we will get the announcement of her season two, uh, Ahsoka or a brand new project or, Maybe the Ahsoka series spins off to something else and the story continues on, on a different timeline. Maybe the movie's going to be the next. So, you know, we'll see. And I think then then you've got maybe the D23 Expo in, in August, if that's going to have anything. You never know. So yeah. there's opportunities next year for them to make announcements for some kind of Star Wars project because, God, you know, Disney. Disney likes to make announcements of brand new things coming down the line. You never know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Star Wars Celebration Japan isn't until I think 2025, right? Uh, oh, that's 25. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I, I hope we have something by by April 2025. Well, uh, I totally forgot about that because then that means if there's any announcement that's going to happen, if they don't do it by way of, um, you know, in the press, the next big thing is going to be the expo, whatever the thing's going to yeah. be called, in August of next year. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, if if they're only working on outlines right now, they haven't even done scripts. I have, to, I suspect that it will be probably a good three years before we see mm-hmm. a, a, a season two. It'll be maybe the longest wait we've had between Star Wars TV series yet. Yeah, um, but it's possible they'll pick up more of uh you know more of some parts of the story in dave filoni's movie i think we've all speculated that uh in in previous episodes and i guess we don't have to rehash that because we've discussed ad nauseum but uh it's it's very possible we'll see some story threads pick up there and maybe it's just ahsoka's story i don't know i'm i'm excited but i mean lots of questions i think were it not for balan's ending i would have thought oh well maybe maybe they don't do a second season, right? And they just, they wanted to put Ahsoka and Sabine off the chessboard for now so they can do stuff with Ezra and Thrawn in our galaxy. But I don't know, with that Balin ending, although there are a couple interesting quotes in the article, right? Um, they they were asked about the death of, of Ray Stevenson and how that impacts, well, both what how that impacts the story as well as what was going to happen or not necessarily what was going to happen next, but how that ends. Uh, regarding the latter, Dave Filoni actually said, you know, when Bay, when you see at the very end of the season, right, Balin goes and he stands on the the outstretched arm of the the father of the Mortis gods as he's looking over the, uh, you know, out off into the the mountains in the distance, and Dave Filoni says you have to be careful with that. I know it's a very specific group of people that would even know what those statues are, but I thought it was an exciting image and it does give you the shape of what Balin is after. 
So that's that's an interesting comment. It's an interesting comment that he's going to yeah. have to follow up on. Yeah. Especially you, if you there's would think no, so, hopefully. Yeah. Especially if season two is so far out, right? What is that? Yeah. Are they going to follow it up in some other medium? I don't, I don't know. Um, that he also actually might, uh-huh. I was going to say that actually might be something that could work if they want something to bridge, depending on how they could get it done. I'd rather see it in book format than comic format. Comic format would probably be the faster one to get out there. If there was going to be a season two of Ahsoka, oh, but I, not. I, follow, I, I would rather have a book in this one. I, I have really to say, would. I, I guess it's better than not getting a story at all, but I hate the, Oh, True. we're going to follow up this great story with a comic. That just drives yeah. me crazy. I hate oh, no, that. I, I agree. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I, I don't want to see it as a comic. I'd rather see it. I, I like I'm saying, I'd rather see it as a book, but it may take a while to get that book out and it may be faster to get it in a series. Yeah. But again, you've lost Ray Stevens. As time moves on, you could accept a recasting of that character if whoever plays the plays Ray Stevens replaces him is close enough to him. Yeah. You could be able to explain away and get away with it. Yeah. But that is too good of a story just to let sit. Yeah. I mean, Dave Flynn does say they're in a he, they're in a wait and see uh, pattern at this point, but he says he is uh, he's glad the conversation about Ray and the conversation is about how great Ray Stevenson um, uh, was in the role. And he, he kind of reflects on how he used to have little debates with him about whether Ray is the villain or not, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, Ray Stevenson was like, no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Balin's the villain. And uh, Dave Flynn would tell him, no, I, I know you don't think so, but you are. And I love that you're playing him <laughs> like you're not. So, I think just underlines how perfect he was for the role. Honestly. Yes, yeah. to- totally agree. Totally 100% agree. Yep. So, yeah, a lot of other interesting tidbits and reflections, too. I think those are the most, uh, the the biggest uh, pieces out of that article. But there's, a, it, you know, it's Anthony Bredskin always does a good job uh, interviewing folks and get some, some good details there. Um, let's see, in... Other news, uh, all of the projects announced at Celebration are still happening, so that's a good thing. And actually, just this week, Disney Plus uh, and a press release confirmed that Skeleton Crew and the Acolyte are on the slate for next year in 2024, which is not surprising. We knew those were the next two shows. Um, I think originally, originally Skeleton Crew was supposed to come out this fall, but there's obviously no way that's happening anymore. Um, yeah. so those will be our shows for next year. Andor was supposed to be next year, next fall. Mm-hmm. I will see if it gets pushed out. I, I would assume all of that will be pushed out. I like everything will be pushed a year basically. Yeah. As they finish and, everything up. Like they just won't have time to do all that they need to do. And and I think the same thing, it gets back to the writer's strike, writer's actor strike. Yeah. and bad batch is supposed to be coming soon too right yes yes on the animation side we will get bad batch season two as well in fact they just finished sound mixing for did i say season two i meant season three they just finished sound mixing for season three so it's it's coming up soon i would if i had to guess probably what march april that's my maybe later but i i have to guess it's march april may we might see bad batch season mm-hmm. two season three <laughs> that's okay the final we're, we're looking, season put it this way it's the final season exactly yeah 
Exactly. And of course, if we're, if you're looking for content in the meantime, um, the Dawn of Rebellion visual guide just came out this week. And, you know, I always love the visual guides. It gives you such some interesting details, whether it's, you know, different first names of characters you never see in the, in, you know, in the, in the movie to behind the scenes details. Like, I don't know, there's now Mortisologists in the galaxy who study all things Mortis. That's a, that's a new term. Um, and so I always like those, those books. One interesting tidbit that popped out at me, I'm about 80% of the way through the book. Um, it confirms, uh, that Omega, uh, was indeed modified by Nalase. We knew she was modified in some way, uh, but it confirms that she was modified in some yet as in a, some as yet unknown ways. We never saw this in they kind of dropped it in season two right we were speculating a lot in season one what's her special ability how was she modified um season two we didn't really see that much from it so i hope the final season will give us an answer especially with the the visual guide dropping a a tease like that i'm just glad they brought that that piece back like we talked about that so much only to have it like disappear it was gone right like yeah it was gone yeah (laughs) I honestly thought they might have just swept it under the rug and just ignored it. Yep, I, that was my bet as well. Yeah, but think this is Filoni. I don't think Filoni would have done that. I, I, well, no, I, the problem, Tom, is Filoni would have done that and then uncovered it like 15 years later <laughs> in another series. Okay, okay, you got you got me on that one. Okay, good one. Yeah, because that let's, could... not, let's not be too uh, okay revisionist here. Okay, I now that you bring it up, I could see that happening. Yes, I could. Yeah. So yeah, those I think those are all the the big parts, um, the big the big pieces of of news. Of course, there's a lot of other Star Wars books to keep us entertained in the interim, and so we'll while we're waiting on the next show, we'll have more more content coming at you. Of course, um, mm-hmm. we'll probably take a break for the rest of the year and then resume beginning of next year. But um, I think Tom, there was one more thing, right, about the some, yeah, some upcoming there, events. Next year, I guess Disneyland's going to be bringing back Disneyland After Dark. There's going to be a Star Wars night. And didn't we do that one year? Oh, yeah. They, they, did a, yeah. they do that, you know, a couple times. It was times, Celebration. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they did that only, multiple times. Yeah, and that was one night. This time they're doing it for, like, every weekend in August the or every Saturday or something in August. Like, uh, April, sorry, April. Somehow I've got August on my mind and I don't know why. But April 16th, 18th, 23rd, 25th, and 30th, and then May 2nd, 7th, and 9th of 2024, it's going to be Star Wars Nights are back with more nights than ever before. Prepare to launch. Yes, this is Disney, folks. I didn't write this. Prepare to launch your course of galactic adventure like no other. Disney After Dark Star Wars Nights will take place for the, during the Seasons of the Force happening at Disneyland Park. So... Think of this as kind of like Star Wars weekends, but literally this is running through April 5th through June 2nd. Um, I did, and I do believe they're going to be premiering at some point the new improved third version of Star Tours with new destinations. Yes. And then somewhere, somehow I read there's supposed to be fireworks that this time instead of being over the castle, it's going to be over Galaxy's Edge. Ooh, oh, that's, that's cool. cool. 
Yeah, that's that's what I believe I read somewhere. So anything else, I would say just go to the Disney Disney Parks website and they'll probably have more information. But I'm pretty sure that they'll do a boatload of stuff during that amount of time between April 5th and June 2nd. Yeah, a lot of a lot of good stuff happening. And we've got some uh, we just had uh, the new High Republic book. Um, I have the I have darkness of the storm. Why am I blanking on it? Something I. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I read it like uh, <laughs> like a month sorry. a month and a half ago. Uh, it was actually oh, pretty good. Sorry, I do know that one. That was the um. I haven't read that. That was the title, right? <laughs> yeah, same here. Yes. No, I, I think I was right. The Eye of Darkness. I was right. Okay. Uh, okay. Actually, actually enjoyed that one. I thought it was a pretty good uh, season. Or the the phase three is getting a little more interesting in that regard. It's like a what if the galaxy part of the galaxy was cordoned off and you can't go behind enemy lines and people are stuck. It's, it's kind of a cool, kind of a cool concept. So that's, um, that's out now. It just came out recently and then yeah, coming up, we've got, uh, a, a number of other books soon as well. <clears throat> so I'm excited. A lot of, a lot of good star Wars content coming our way while we wait for the next, the next season of, Bad Batch and Skeleton Crew and an Acolyte. So with that, anything else you guys wanted to cover before we head out for the year? Not really. Just stay safe out there. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. Uh, we forgot to wish you all happy life day. So happy life day. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, so I hope you all have a, a, enjoy the holidays and Merry Christmas and, and whatnot. And, you know, speaking, sorry, speaking of Life Day, I yes. think I saw an ad for a Star Wars holiday special behind the scenes yes. movie, documentary, mockumentary. Maybe that's think... what we need to review is we should oh, review that'd be the holiday fun. special. Oh, we and should do that. You know what also comes out next week? The Mandalorian seasons one and two on Blu- and Blu-ray and um, 4K and with some special features as well. Uh, so nice. who knows? lots of content lots of content next episode yeah yep. so uh yeah, we'll of course bring you any of the interesting details as we hear it but i think i think maybe that's all for us for 2023 yeah but we'll be uh we'll be back we'll be on jolly holidays and we'll be back next year with much more star wars content coming at you may the force be with you Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.